Oscar Watch. Watch. Uh, welcome back to Oscar Watch. It's me, renowned Hollywood producer Kurt Uskar, joined as always by my good friend Oscar Myers, ballpark owner and hot dog enthusiast. I know nothing about the movies. I love them. I love the pod. I love what you're doing. Buy a hot dog. <laughs> yes, buy a hot dog. Uh, that's certainly okay because the whole vibe of the Oscars this year, I would say, was we know nothing about the movies. <laughs> yeah, so thanks thanks to Wade and Emmett, who are normally here on this podcast, for letting us use this space. Uh, we are talking about the 94th Academy Awards the 2022 Oscars honoring the movies of 2021 that was held Sunday, March 27th, 2021. Uh, We are recording this Monday, March 28th. I feel uh, compelled to say that for legal reasons. (laughs) In case any stories develop further involving these Oscars. I did not realize that we were covering the Oscars. I thought we were watching season two of NBC's The Slap. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, look, unlike every other news outlet, we will, in fact, at some point talk about the winners of the celebration. Wait, there were movies? Wait, there were movies? There were people won something? (laughs) I saw the world's greatest actor jump on stage and punch (laughs) one of the world's greatest people to be in a skit in a rap song in the face. (laughs) You know, speaking of that, it really felt to me like that Kanye moment Uh from, I don't even remember, 2007, 2008, or watching Tom Cruise jump on the couch Mm, all those mm -hmm. years ago, like... Just watching a celebrity do something unthinkable <laughs> on live television. I mean, my God, that's what we watch award shows for. People should be drinking more at award shows. Uh, people should be doing more unhinged things. If we cared about the movie we already saw, if we didn't care about the movie, we certainly don't care about it now. We want to see the people who are in the movies behaving like we do when we behave badly. That's what we want from award shows. The royal we. That is what I... Oscar Meyer would like to see. Okay, well, let me ask you, Mr. Myers. If at one of your ballparks, uh-huh. a baseball player came on stage and slapped one of the announcers, how would you react? I would give them both a free hot dog. <laughs> Actually, in my other job as an after-school teacher, I have been dealing with this issue quite a lot. I would take them over to the side and say sternly to each of them, boys... He doesn't like it when you hit him. He doesn't like it when you hit him. Figure it out. I mean, I just feel like the shocking thing of this is that it happened on on live television. Not that this necessarily happened, because I'm sure this has happened hundreds of times at Oscar after parties. Oh, sure. Maybe not between host and actor, but between celebrities who have beef or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. Just to recap, if anyone somehow doesn't know, what happened is that Chris Rock... About halfway through the four hours of the Oscars, Chris Rock was presenting the award for Best Documentary, came on stage and was making a lot of jokes to the audience. You know, he's a comedian. I'm not sure if they were written, and I'm not sure if they were written by him, if they were, but one of them he made was about Jada Pinkett Smith, about uh, her having short hair. He said, I'll see you in G.I. Jane 2, or something to that effect. 
which Will Smith in- initially was seen laughing at as Jada Pinkett Smith rolled her eyes. Now, the context for this, which I feel like most of the world found out after, um, and I'm not sure if Chris Rock knew, is that Jada has alopecia, which has caused her hair loss. She's talked about that in the past. Mm-hmm. And Will Smith, upset about this, silently walked on stage, slapped Chris Rock, <laughs> walked back to his seat, Chris Rock started laughing and and was just sort of in disbelief. And then Will Smith angrily and loudly yelled at him twice in a row to keep his wife's name out of his mouth. Chris Rock, who really came out of it looking like a consummate professional, like for real, sort of collected himself and then continued to present the award for best documentary. And then for the next two hours, things were very tense and everyone <laughs> pretended nothing happened. Until Will Smith won Best Actor, came on stage and made a six-minute, bizarre, tense, captivating speech where he basically cried the whole time and had a mental breakdown on live television and apologized to the Academy for what happened, although not to Chris Rock, and made a lot of vague, strange statements about needing to protect his family and protect women and feeling like God had given him a purpose (laughs) and all these very strange things. And at one point uh, retold that after it happened, Denzel Washington had come to him trying to counsel him and had told him at your highest moment is when the devil comes for you, which is sage advice from Denzel. Clearly Denzel meant Will's (laughs) ego and hubris in doing this was the devil. And Will Smith... (laughs) had heard that Chris Rock was the devil coming for him <laughs> anyway no but attended Oscar how does all of this strike you uh incredible just incredible I think the Oscar was well deserved for the slap alone um which was a meaty one <laughs> It really was. I mean, it was hard to tell if it was a punch or a slap. Yeah, you can tell on the video because you see his open hand as it crosses and goes goes past. But it (laughs) it sounds and the look like the reaction from Chris Rock. It looks like it could have been just a full on straight right to the nose. I mean, he he did him one. (laughs) That was. It was exhilarating. <laughs> and also it's hilarious watching it now. I mean, obviously that's what we're going to like, we think is the most exciting and fun thing to talk about, but it's also hilarious how like everyone's like the New York times is far more interested in this slap, like maybe getting the Oscars finally some ratings again. The other headline underneath the Oscar slap headline is 94th Oscar beats previous years worst ever ratings of all time score so that's good so they're up from last year they used to call that uh, a pop but i think they're gonna call it a slap now yeah it's very funny that the oscars bent over backwards and made and twisted themselves into pieces trying to make more exciting memeable moments this year Uh uh-huh and then what ended up being the only thing anyone talked about is like something they did not plan and probably would prefer to not have happened. Yeah. And would really rather if everybody just shut up about it. 
there was there was an incredible an incredible piece in the article I read about Chris Rock not pressing charges. Oh, the press release from the LAPD, mm-hmm. where the LAPD says uh, we were alerted to an incident between two adult men that occurred during the Academy Awards. <laughs> yeah, the entire world was alerted to it at the same exact time. <laughs> Uh, the uh, historical genius work of the LAPD. Yeah, that was a real hot tip they got on that one. <laughs> I watched the whole thing live. It was the first time I had watched them live since I was a kid. And what a one to pick. Uh-huh. Like, when it happened, it was just very confusing. Because in America, the audio just all went blank. <laughs> so we couldn't hear what was going on. We could just see it. And from the angle we saw at first, it kind of looked like it might have been a stage slap, you know? Mm. It was, for some reason, filmed at the exact angle where it would look perfect as a stage slap, as opposed to any other angle where you could tell it was real. Right. And so we were all just like, wait, what is happening? Because I think maybe even once before in this ceremony, someone had cursed and the audio had cut out. Um, So we were just like, is this a bit that involved swearing? So they uh, cut or... Or did something actually happen? And as we said, the fact that no one would acknowledge it. And they just tried to, like, keep going. And it was so tense. And it kind of just felt like the next two hours, like, the awards didn't really happen. Even though there were some some good ones and some bad ones there. It was just, like, the shadow over the whole night. Yeah. I feel like it kind of goes without saying that I think that this is a bad look for Will Smith. <laughs> Yeah. Just like hitting someone else on stage. And I'm pretty shocked that there are a lot of people who are coming up with the takes of like, no, you need to defend your woman or whatever. Yeah. If he had yelled from his seat, we'd maybe be having a different conversation. But I just feel like hitting anyone, especially a presenter, reading a joke on a live (laughs) award show public event, you should never hit anyone, you know? Yeah, I feel like if he shouted first... I would feel a little bit differently about it, maybe. But yeah, it is pretty bad. Not great to do. But I do feel worse for Will Smith to be H here. Because Chris Rock got punched and then got to make a great joke out of it. And that hurts. He'll probably, you know, he'll have a bruise, but he'll be fine. I feel like this was a a moment of poor judgment and like a moment of weakness. Like what Denzel Washington said about it being like at his highest moment, too. I think that's yeah, really, that's yeah, really that's really sad and unfortunate, and I feel bad for whatever like made him feel like that was why what he had to do. I don't know why he would feel that way, but I feel like I do think it's it's too bad that he did feel that way. And I'm, I also think he shouldn't hit people, and that there's no excuse for it. But I still, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. And he's a guy who I have always really liked, and going into the ceremony was kind of pretty excited about him mm-hmm. winning. I had watched half of King Richard leading up, and I was like, oh, I'll just finish it after the ceremony, uh-huh. not realizing that anything could fundamentally change my desire to see the rest of the film. Yeah. Um, but I thought he was pretty good in it. And then after this, now I'm just sort of like looking back at other weird moments on the press tour, or mm-hmm. reports that he's hard to work with, mm-hmm. or... Like, J- when Jaden tried to emancipate himself from his family, you know, everyone at the time was just like, oh, Jaden's so weird, so funny. And right. kind of like, oh, did he have a reason to not want to be around his dad? You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. Like the Kanye thing or the Tom Cruise thing. Like, we don't know what Will Smith's future will be, but this is absolutely the moment where 
we're going to look at him a little bit differently after. Yeah, for sure. All that being said, shall we talk about these movies, which I know nothing about? Yes, I, I, I will just say my little piece about the ceremony themselves, and then we'll talk about it. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. This won't take long. Before the slap, it was an entertaining Oscar, don't get me wrong, but it was such a sloppy, weird, stitched-together night. Mm-hmm. They had done, I think, eight of the awards, maybe more, that weren't live before the ceremony even started. Uh-huh. And then they were like snipping those up and putting them where you could see like little 30 second clips of them into the ceremony. That's very strange. They had this whole awkward thing where they had let Twitter vote for their favorite movies and favorite movie moments, which of course went to the Zack Snyder movies. Oh, weird. Then there was this awkward moment, <laughs> two awkward moments where we watched like a three minute clip of Zack Snyder's Justice League and later of Army of the Dead. At the Oscars. Army of the Dead, one of his? Yeah, that was his Netflix movie from last year. And on top of it all, they put so much time into these like anniversary celebrations for movies where they basically just showed clip shows of other movies or like brought out the stars. Like Mm -hmm. they did one for The Godfather. They did one for James Bond. They did one for White Men Can't Jump. And to top it all off, it ended with like this huge 10 minute segment about the 28th anniversary of Pulp Fiction. What? The 28th? Yes, the 28th anniversary, the classic 28th anniversary of Pulp Fiction. So you've got this like four hour broadcast where at least an hour, if not an hour and a half, is spent on this stuff that has nothing to do with the actual ceremony and the awards itself. And I would say, like, despite being a really good pool of nominees and I think all three of the hosts, Amy Schumer, Regina Hall, and Wanda Sykes, did a, a pretty good job. It just felt like the Oscars were desperately trying to get attention and were, like, embarrassed of the fact that they're about the movies of this year and just kept trying to be like, hey, your uncle at home, remember The Godfather? Remember movies you know? Let's talk about those instead. Damn. It's like they don't care. It's like they wish that they weren't anymore. Maybe the Oscars have finally gotten around to where I'm at on this, which is knowledge that they (laughs) they should not uh, should not be. Another thing I've seen people talk about a lot is like how the death of the Oscars and the death of the movies are so far different. And why would any journalist worth their salt ever even say them in the same breath which i think is important to note we are not of those horrible horrible types movies are still alive and well yeah of all kinds and i think really of all kinds and it's all certainly certainly not maybe not the best representation across the oscars but if you go and look at what came out in the last year still plenty of stuff to be excited about they can't seem to get excited about being the show that brings it to you what happened to short and sweet? No BS. Like, if you want to have prestige, you got to do it without the BS. If you want to be schlocky and have fun, make it shorter and, like, admit that it doesn't matter as much. They're they're at an awkward phase. Last year's directed by Steven Soderbergh was, like, the no BS sort of version of it. Mm-hmm. Where it was, like, everyone sitting around in tables in a well-lit subway station and they just sort of, like, did the thing and no one got punched and they didn't do big joke segments. Mm -hmm. It was much more like streamlined. Mm -hmm. 
And then that was like the lowest year for ratings ever. So that's why we got this Damn. weird bonanza this year. Damn. Okay. Well, we are going to do the thing that no other podcast is willing to do. We're going to talk about the awards. We're going to talk about the awards. So go back and listen to uh, our nominations episode where we talked a lot about what was nominated, how we felt about those, the things that were snubbed, especially. That's all there on wax. Here we're going to talk through 12 categories about our predictions for who would win and who actually won. Oscar, do you want to kick this off? Yes. So in the first category, we have animated feature film nominated was Encanto, Flea, Luca, The Mitchells versus the Machines, and Raya and the Last Dragon. I believe that both Kurt and I guessed that that would be Encanto. The winner was, in fact, Encanto. And I have seen both Encanto and Mitchells versus the Machines. Both a lot of fun. I would have given it to Mitchells. Uh, personal preference but i feel like makes sense it's a huge movie that song apparently killed it with kids the the we don't talk about bruno became the number one song in the world somehow Mm -hmm. good for them yeah was not even the song they nominated from the movie really and yet they still did it on the oscars (laughs) uh any other thoughts on the ones that didn't didn't win look this is i would actually say a, a really great year for animated film these are all films with a lot of merit uh but the mitchells versus the machines was one of my favorite movies of any medium last year so i was sad to see it lose especially since i think it won at almost every other similar like critic circle bafta sort of deal but uh couldn't pull it away here okay next we have best documentary feature the nominees were ascension attica flea Summer of Soul, or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised, and Writing with Fire. Oscar predicted Summer of Soul. I predicted Flea, and the winner was, indeed, Summer of Soul. Sweet. Now I get to go watch it because I predicted it and it won. I still have not seen any of these. Don't hate me. I just like fiction a lot. Summer of Soul, I just want to say, is a really great crowd-pleasing movie. I think it's on Hulu and Disney Plus now. Seriously, a movie anyone can enjoy. We talked about it on our best of the year. Mm-hmm. Part concert film with some of the best musicians ever and part really fascinating documentary. And a movie that is like heartwarming and appropriate for everyone. And maybe the winning film on this whole list that I would most recommend, like regardless of preference to anyone. Just really delightful film. Next up, we've got international feature film. We had... Drive My Car um, from Japan, Flee from Denmark, The Hand of God from Italy, Lunana, A Yak in the Classroom from Bhutan, and The Worst Person in the World from Norway. I predicted The Yak in the Classroom. Kurt predicted Drive My Car. (laughs) Kurt was correct. It was Drive My Car. Drive My Car rocks. It's an awesome movie. And if anyone is turned off by the three-hour running time, I would say it's the exact same runtime as The Batman, and indeed an hour shorter than The Oscars. So if you watched either of those, I'm, I'm looking at you through the internet and saying, go take Drive My Car for a Whirl, you won't be disappointed. Uh, next up, we've got Music Original Score. The nominees were... Nicholas Bratel for Don't Look Up, 
Hans Zimmer for Dune, Jermaine Franco for Encanto, Alberto Iglesias for Parallel Mothers, and Johnny Greenwood for The Power of the Dog. It uh, looks like my lovely compatriot here <laughs> predicted that Friday the 13th, the original Friday the 13th, would win this category. Scored by Harry Manfredini, baby! <laughs> I predicted Dune, and indeed, Dune took it. Hans Zimmer, I guess, treated the Oscars like most of his writing sessions and didn't bother showing up, but it was a win for Dune. Did his team go and collect the Oscar for him, or what? Momoa. Momoa came up and collected the Oscar. Yeah, that's who I would like to accept my Oscar in my place as well, please, is Jason Momoa. (laughs) Maybe this is a good time to note that Dune, our beloved Dune, was the biggest winner of the night. It took home six Oscars, more than any other uh, film. It was nominated ten times, eight of which were for craft categories, things like cinematography, score, costume design, production design. And it took home six out of those eight awards. So I don't want to harp on this too much because we did talk about it in nominations, but just simply insane. Yeah, that the Academy is saying that six out of eight times they think the choices that Denny Villeneuve made in Dune were executed better than any other movie this year, and yet they could not even nominate him for best director. Couldn't even couldn't even bring themselves to say his name. Honestly, it's because they thought that the announcers would screw up his name. They knew he would win if he was nominated, and they knew the announcer would it would be another Adina Menzel <laughs> situation, another Adele Gazim, Adele Gazim, or yeah. So you know, we got it so backwards. We don't know which way is up. Every single one of the people who won thanked him specifically, and they kept cutting the hands. Yeah. It was very sweet, but wish he wish he would have been nominated. Well, that's what he gets for putting Jared Leto in 2049. A lot, yeah, a lot of people reaping what they sow last night. Right. <laughs> Perhaps that was one of them. <laughs> so, for actor in a supporting role, we had Kieran Hines for Belfast, Troy Kutzer for Coda, Jesse Plemons for The Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons for Being the Ricardos, and Cody Smith McPhee also for The Power of the Dog. I believe that Kurt and I were both betting on the dog here, but the power was not mm. as much as the power of Troy Kotsor, the actor from CODA, who I believe becomes the first deaf actor to win an Academy Award. Is that correct? Uh, the first actor in the Oscars definition. His co-star in the movie had won Best Supporting Actress a few years ago. But he is the first actor. To oh, win. gotcha. So the and he's great in that movie. Uh, he's definitely the best part of it, and it was a really lovely speech. Yoo Jun Yoon, who won Best Supporting last year, presented him, and it was very tender and like one of the best parts of the whole ceremony. So, okay, actress in a supporting role. The nominees were Jesse Buckley for The Lost Daughter, Ariana DeBose for West Side Story. Judy Dench for Belfast, Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog, and Anjanu Ellis for King Richard. Oscar predicted Kirsten Dunst. Well, I predicted Ariana DeBose, who did indeed take it. 
winning for her role as Anita in West Side Story that Rita Moreno won the same award for some 60 years ago. Whoa. Now we've got writing. Adapted screenplay. We had Coda by Sian Heder. We had Drive My Car by Raisuke Hamaguchi and Takamasa Oi. Dune by John Spates, Denny Villeneuve, and Eric Roth. We've got The Lost Daughter by Maggie Gyllenhaal and The Power of the Dog by Jane Campion. I predicted The Lost Daughter. Kurt predicted Drive My Car. The winner is Coda. By far the worst screenplay in this group. I certainly think that Coda has some merits, but I would say probably the absolute worst thing about it is the writing. Okay. But I guess that this is the moment that we should have known that it was going to win Best Picture. Mm -hmm. I think when this one and when they did not, when they did not immediately kick out Will Smith for the slap. In retrospect, that's the moment where it became clear, A, that he was going to win an award. Uh I think if he was not going to win, they would have kicked him out. And B, that The Power of the Dog, a movie that's sort of all about the way toxic masculinity affects people, Uh was clearly not something on their mind. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Clearly a subject the Oscars were disinterested in this year. But they're interested in how she told it. True, true. Well, let's get on to the writing other one, because although although I enjoyed aspects of both of these films, I think both the writing awards really got it wrong. The other one is for original screenplay. The nominees were Belfast by Kenneth Branagh, Don't Look Up by Adam McKay, King Richard by Zach Balin, Licorice Pizza by Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, and The Worst Person in the World by the film's director, Joachim Trier, and his co-writer, Eskil Voigt. Uh, I believe Mr. Myers predicted Don't Look Up. I predicted Licorice Pizza. And the winner was Belfast. Kenneth's first win ever after eight nominations over the past 30 years. Wow. So his like moment where they came to Leo and they were like, look, we'll do it. The only thing you got to do is fight this bear and then sleep inside it. Um, His moment was all you got to do is put a sepia filter on all of your old diaries. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not necessarily angry about this because I love Kenneth Branagh. Uh And he looked like he was having so much fun. Looked just like a delightful person to be around last night. I'm glad that he has an Oscar. Uh, You know, Belfast is the first script he's written in 15 years. He used to basically always write his scripts. And for the last section of his career, he really hasn't. So Hmm. the fact that it's, you know, a little tropey, a little shaky at times is not surprising to me. But I hope that uh, I hope he takes this energy and does something really cool with it from here. It's interesting. Macbeth isn't on here as an adapted screenplay anywhere. Very interesting. Although pretty much unabridged. Very close to unabridged. It's very close to unabridged, but it's still like he still did so much visual work that had to have been written into the script and like it written into his vision, you know, his adaptation. I don't know. Maybe it is a directing adapt, more of a directing adaptation. I guess there's a quibble there, but I think Dune is the best adaptation. And I think that just because they condense such crazy amounts of information into such visually stunning pretty streamlined normal filmmaking storytelling 
I think adapted, I would probably either give to Dune for the reasons you said, or to drive my car, which is taking like a kind of problematic short story Mm. and like mining it for everything rich in it and then just expanding it to be its own thing. That's probably where I would have gone. I love the work they do in Dune, although I'm not sure they maybe picked the best spot to cut it, which is the only thing that I would hold against it. Sad to not see the worst person in the world get anything, but I would really recommend that movie to to any adults that like rom-coms. I would say very similar in tone to a Lady Bird type of deal Mm -hmm. for being in your late 20s and 30s. Cool. Next up, we've got actor in a leading role. Uh, the nominees were Javier Bardem for Being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith for King Richard, and Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth. I predicted Benedict Cumberbatch for Power of the Dog. Kurt predicted Will Smith and was, in fact, bang on, as they say. It was, in fact, Mr. Smith as King Richard with the slap in the presenting room. (laughs) Yeah. What are your thoughts on on this? Slap aside. I don't have much to say about it. And I feel like it is hard to separate it from the slap. I'm sad to see him finally get his Oscar in this sort of way. Mm. You know, I think he should have gotten one back in the day for Pursuit of Happiness. Maybe not for Ali, his first nomination, Mm. but... I don't think this performance is better or makes better use of his innate talent than Pursuit of Happiness, but I do think it is like a very watchable movie, and I think he gives a strong performance in it. Andrew Garfield would have been my pick, and both Andrew Garfield and Benedict Cumberbatch looked like they were having a lot of fun, looked great last night, gave some of the best sort of reaction shots to everything going on, so their presence was very much felt, I would say. Actress in a leading role... We have Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Colman for The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers, Nicole Kidman for Paddington, oh, uh, excuse me, being the Ricardos, and Kristen Stewart for Spencer. I predicted it would go to Nicole Kidman, and Oscar predicted and was correct that it went to Jessica Chastain. For those old eyes of Tammy Faye. And let me tell you, I watched this movie. I'm so excited. This is one of the few that I hadn't seen before we recorded the pre-episode. And then I watched in between. And it was good. And Andrew Garfield is really good in this too. He is so strange and so funny in this. She's really good. Oh yeah, I thought this movie was great and I loved it. It did not necessarily speak like Oscar level performance to me. But then I do think it's that thing that you talk about where it's like, oh, they could compare it directly. And maybe she is just as over the top as as she is. And what I liked about this movie is it was a movie with style. It was a movie where they were like, this is about an over the top world. And so this movie will be over the top and these characters are going to be played. Maybe they're over the top. Maybe they are how those people actually were, but it is all just like so big and so exciting. And so I think she's doing Great work in it. I think everyone in it is good, I mean, but especially her and Andrew Garfield are giving some really good and towards the end, they're very touching performances as well. And she gave one of the best speeches of the night too. I loved her speech. 
Something I want to point out that totally passed me by when we did our nominations episode was reading about in, in the excellent book Women versus Hollywood by Helen O'Hara is that the nominees for lead actress are statistically much less likely to have their movies nominated for best picture. And that is the case here. None of these five movies were nominated for best picture that all had, according to the Academy, the best lead actresses in them. Uh, And apparently this is a historically true of this category in particular, even supporting actress tends to be from movies that are more likely to be nominated for best picture along with both of the acting, you know, it suggests the Academy as a whole is less interested in films that center women as their protagonists than they are in films that center men as the protagonists. Mm. Since, uh, you know, all five of these movies are about female protagonists and none of them made the 10 nominees for best picture. Thank you for drawing my attention that way. Yet another mark against the Academy. Will it ever cease? Probably not. A slap in the face to women everywhere. Uh, And to Chris Rock right there. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder how much mileage we can get out of that. Probably a lot. All right. Directing. Uh, Belfast by Kenneth Branagh. Drive My Car by Ryusuke Hamaguchi. Licorice Pizza by Paul Thomas Anderson. The Power of the Dog by Jane Campion. And West Side Story by Steven Spielberg. And one would wonder where a a certain friend of ours is. Thought I was going to include him on this list, but I see he is absent. Hmm. All right. I had predicted Kenneth Branagh for this in the past. My lovely compatriot, Kurt Ascar, thought that the winner would be who it was, Jane Campion, for Power of the Dog, making her the third woman to ever win uh, Best Director and the second in a row to win. So good for her, for sure. That's amazing. I'm very still excited, very excited to see this movie. Um, Less good for the Academy. Are you trying to sneak us in just because you got two in a row? You're going to make us think that the past 93 don't count or something. Yes, and I believe that she is the first female director to ever be nominated twice. Ooh. I believe. For this and for, wait, don't tell me, Possession in 1998. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite. Wait. Not quite. No? For the piano. The piano. Oh, wait. Okay, yeah, she's the piano. Someone else's Possession. In 1993. Sam Neill is in the piano and Jurassic Park and Possession. Oh, gotcha. That's the the title. Gotcha, gotcha. Look, she's a great director, and this is, I think, as much a career award as an award for her really excellent work here. And, you know, she sort of found this pretty obscure novel and wrote this take on it and brought it to the screen. So, you know, I love Steven Spielberg's work in West Side Story, but no qualms at all with Jane winning. Worth noting that this was the most nominated film, 12 nominations, and as we said last time, that always goes one of two ways. Either either you sweep the board or you get one thing. And this movie only got best directing. Wow. Nothing else. But as for the big one, the best picture, 10 nominees this year, Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, the power of the dog and West side story, which Oscar predicted would win. I predicted the power of the dog. 
we were both proven wrong in a shocking upset as Apple TV Plus's Coda won Best Picture, becoming the first streaming movie to ever do so. It's the death of movies. I don't know. What, what do you want me to say? Apple TV? It's not called Apple Silver Screen. I think it's over. I think Hollywood <laughs> can pack up and go home now. Okay? I don't I don't think this is funny. I... <laughs> Uh, you told uh, me that you were also a contributor to the New York Times. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen it. I can't really talk. It, but apparently, it's it's not that big. Just let something big win, for gosh sakes. This movie really didn't work for me at all. I certainly got the impression from watching the Oscars that it was a bad movie made by good people, and I hope they put some of that energy into making a movie that doesn't feel like it was written by a third grader trying to write a Hallmark card. <laughs> but in terms of looking at this win, I think there are a few different things going on. First of all, the front runner for a long time was The Power of the Dog. The Academy hates Netflix. So if they were going to let a streaming service win, they were really trying not to let it be Netflix. Netflix had also, I think, sort of been over-promoting Power of the Dog, acting as though it had already won, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To where there were so many billboards and, and it was on everyone's feed. And here in New York at the Paris, the, the Netflix theater, uh-huh. it seems like every week they had Jane Campion there doing talk oh, and all of this promotional stuff. So they were really trying to... I think that's one thing. The second thing I think is that Best Picture is the only category that is ranked part of what happened here is maybe a lot of people voted first place for power of the dog voted first place for west side story uh maybe some first place for licorice pizza Mm -hmm. but then a crowd-pleasing movie that's more likely to be everyone's second third or fourth pick rather than a specifics group first pick God. is what takes it in the end which is what i think you see here don't you feel like we could figure out a better way to rank movies than we pick politicians like my god <laughs> <laughs> and i think the last thing look this is what i want to say and and i will say one brief good thing about the oscars which is that their moment of reckoning came much earlier than the rest of hollywood and all these other award shows like the grammys or the mm-hmm. golden globes It came in 2016 when they had their Oscars So White movement. Mm -hmm. And after that, they very radically expanded their membership base. I think I read that it went something from 300 to 900 people in the course of a year. They dramatically increased its voting base. And when we're talking about Best Picture wins, we've really got to look from then forward. Okay. With this current group of voters, these are the movies they've picked for Best Picture. Moonlight, The Shape of Water, Green Book, Parasite, Nomadland, and Coda. There is no through line, is there? What's the through line? I think the only through line is that they're not all dramas. None of them are like the oh. prestige Oscar-y, uh-huh. straightforward, dark, challenging drama. Right. Yeah, that's true. Some of them are kind of like lighter more trite crowd pleasers like Green Book or Coda. Some of them are really weird, like Shape of Water or Parasite. Right. But in general, like 
whatever you think of as being the big Oscar drama, you got to see it and it's going to depress you and you're going to weep and you're going to be moved and wowed by the power. Yeah. Your power of the dog. Oh, interesting. Those are not winning the Oscar anymore. Huh. So Oscar movies are no longer Oscar movies. What is the world coming to? It's the end of Oscar movies. And is that <laughs> is that an end to be dreaded or an end to be rejoiced? I don't even know anymore. I hate change. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't even know if I do. <laughs> I'm channeling one of our old roommates right now. Well... <laughs> That's it. That's it, folks. I believe the final score here is Oscar Myers with three out of 12 and myself, Curtis Scar, batting 50% of the time with a six out of 12. Damn. Winning this year, but not uh, not with impressive numbers, exactly. <laughs> Any final thoughts here before we disappear for a year until next award season? I guess I can't tell people that things slap anymore. Has cancel culture gone too far? We can't even slap grown men on stage for making jokes anymore. Yeah, really. Where will it end? Like, I just want to shout out. I think we already talked about it on the podcast, but a, a, a dear Ochrecoke friend, elderly gentleman in the community passed away this this January. And I learned at his service that he was a letterbox member with over 12,000 logged movies so I just want to shout out Bill Jones, rest in peace. You were truly the movie nerd to inspire us all. He kept files mm. before there were before there was a letterbox. He had like had them all on little file boxes. That that reminded me of something that you would do, and it was just very endearing. Uh, <laughs> he will be missed, and just like that sort of let's take the positive, let's take the celebration out of movies, um, and and go with you know that positive thing, the idea that we can all be together, experiencing joy and wonder, like really go forward with that. I do think the through line on those movies that you're talking about that that is a cool thing that if that is where the Oscars are going, then it is about finding that something that's a little new or different. I mean, I don't know what it is with green book and Coda, but you know, something they've got to see something in them. I don't know. No, absolutely. I think even if it's not necessarily our age group who are responding to those movies, they were movies that a lot of people responded to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree with everything you said, especially with bill jones who's such a lovely movie fan and and i hope that next year's ceremony will be a little more for the people who have seen the movies nominated that year and a little bit less for the people who haven't seen a movie since the godfather yeah yeah for real tell us why we should watch these movies if if you if you got people watching who haven't seen these movies show them why they should watch them and don't massively spoil them, as many of the clips for this really? year's movies did. did. They, they did that, too? Yeah, for Drive My Car, I remember in particular. And Olivia Coleman's Oscar clip for her role in The Lost Daughter was literally her revealing what happened to The Lost Daughter. <laughs> the whole mystery of the movie, they picked the ending scene Damn. <laughs> for it. So don't do that next time, I would say, please. Well, y'all know I'm a movies man. I never watch television. And then that includes the Oscars, the ceremony. So uh, I just read all the, the follow-ups and watched the slap several times this morning. Honestly, we should be talking more about the fact that uh, there was a TV show in 2015 on NBC simply called The Slap, <laughs> which I watched. 
the preview for today because I, it was on the mind for some reason. And I truly, truly a bafflement. Zachary Quinto putting in some of his best work in this preview. You should check it out. <laughs> I could not believe when you said that to me, it was real and not an SNL fake trailer. The first time that I saw it, I also thought that's what it was. And it's not. It is a real thing that happened. And I've forgotten that the whole preview is basically like the entire setup for, for the show. It's like, hey, we're going to give you everything. We're even going to show you the slap. And then I saw this other video from this very sweet woman from CNN being like, oh, a lot of people saw this preview today and didn't know what it meant. I'm here to explain. They're like, if I just saw the slap and that's the name of the show... And she was like, but there's more to it than that. <laughs> she didn't say what more. She just promised that there was more to it. Truly wild. We'll be back next year whenever the Oscars rear its ugly head once again. Until then, uh, Wade and Emmett, usually of this parish, I believe just finished watching all of the Jurassic Park series. And we'll be back this Friday to rank all the movies and reveal what's next. So please, if you enjoyed this, they're pretty good to tune into that. Yes, I know they probably have some cute thing that they say that's really catchy. And all the kids say that they say when they finish up the podcast. But I'm from the old times. Buy a hot dog. Cinema Bums is a production of DKG Podcast. It is created and produced by Emma Temple and me, Wade Lawrence Holloman. I also edit and mix the podcast. Our theme music is by Zane Holloman, who you can find on Bandcamp, and our show art is by Autumn Beckner. Our social media is managed by Laura Bennett. If you like what you hear, please tell all your friends and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, the two best ways to spread the word about our work. You can also follow us on Instagram at cinemabums or email us at cinemabumspod at gmail.com. Don't flake on us. We'll be back next week 